All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pastor Talk. Uh, my name is Johnny Garish, and I'm joined by Ethan Castleberry. And Pastor is remoting in from the great city of Amarillo, Texas. Good to see everyone tonight. And we're going to start off the evening with our question, our kind of fun question, where we want to get you to start typing there and, and just updating us that you're out there listening. Uh, if you were stuck in a box for three days and you had only three items to sustain you, what would you want? Uh, first, for me, I guess I'll go first. My first thing, I'd want to iced coffee there you go uh my cell phone and my bible that would probably get me through so um an iced coffee in a plastic bottle because that might help me later um anyways so i don't know what do you think no that's pretty good i honestly didn't think about this too much i know we talked about (laughs) creating the question earlier and then i haven't really thought about what i'd have uh definitely cell phone uh, with service and everything. Might or might not have service, depending on where your box yeah, was. I don't know if I'm in a coffin buried underground <laughs> in, I don't know, in the desert somewhere or what, but uh, maybe a air conditioning system of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> it would get hot. <laughs> yeah. y'all, are, and, y'all are talking pretty uh, uh, first world stuff. I was and a pocket knife. Go ahead. I was thinking like, Water, warmth, and oxygen. <laughs> right, oxygen tank. Yeah, we might need oxygen depending I mean, on the know, box. In a box, you might as well breathe. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the question is, you're locked in a box for three days. What three things, three essential things, would you take with you? What do you need in that box? Mm-hmm. Some people are probably getting chills and all that because they're claustrophobic already. Mm-hmm. Could be a big box. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. Might have holes in it, so you might not need oxygen, but we didn't specify <laughs> that. So just, you know, use your imagination. Right. So if you're locked in a box for three days, what three mm-hmm. essentials do you need? Mm-hmm. Pastor, what did you say your, yours was? Mine is uh, oxygen first, water second, and then heat or, or warmth, some clothing, I guess, third. Uh, actually, okay. it would be the other way. It would be It would be oxygen, clothing, and then water. Well, good. I hope you were wearing clothes when you got in the box. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, under the ground, it gets cool. The the temperature drops. Mm -hmm. It depends on how far under you're at and all that. Sure. If you're under. Angie Crager said, my box is cool, dry climate with lots of room and holes. (laughs) Hers is more like a chain link fence, probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Water, instant coffee, and a cell phone, she said. Instant coffee. Oh, man. I haven't had instant coffee in a while. Nice. All right. We still got a few minutes. It's not even 8 o'clock yet. Johnny, well, actually, Pastor, you're on vacation. Yes. (laughs) I am outside. I'm in a park. I wish I could show you. I'm in a roadside RV park um, outside of Clarendon, Texas, which is outside of Amarillo. And it's flat, and there's cows and corn and heat and uh, meat. And the, and the RV sitting here. Yeah. Dad's travel trailer. So, yeah. We may see some uh, dust clouds or something. Mm-hmm. Tumbleweed we in the background. Tumbleweeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I nice. set it up. I set it up where there's there's actually 18 winners. If I moved over, you can probably see them pass behind me. Oh, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe a cattle drive or two. Yeah. Well, tell us about your vacation. Anything interesting? 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, okay. First of all, my vacation, uh, my, myself, my wife, and a three year, three and a half year old granddaughter, and an eight month old granddaughter, and uh, we went. We drove to Yellowstone. Stayed in Yellowstone Park or right outside of Yellowstone Park because the inside was booked. And um, we drove three days up there. Uh, we're going to take three days to get back, and that's pushing it, by the way. That's no easy going. Some tough uh, little and then kids. We stayed four days in the park. We stayed four days in the park. Yeah. So um, went to West Yellowstone, and uh, at first it was like, oh, look at the fountain, you know, oh, look at the geyser. And you know the the um, steam geysers and stuff like that, and it was it was okay. The third day, though, we decided to go to Lamar Valley, and on the way to Lamar Valley, we saw these bison and on the side of the road, of course. And we pulled over and had a little picnic and thought, "Oh, that's cool." We we didn't realize that we were on the edge of Lamar Valley, and we went about another half mile, and there was hundreds of bison. Wow! And it was just crazy. We ended up seeing bear and bison and eagle, bald eagles, and uh, uh, let's see, antelope and elk. Never saw any moose. We looked for them, but never saw them. I think the season's not right for us to see them because they're Maybe. they're probably higher up. But um, then the the I think no, the end of the third day, we stopped for another picnic, and we got this little app telling us where all to go. You know, so we're they said the prettiest park in the or the prettiest picnic place in the park, and so we're like, oh, well, that's what we're stop there we pulled in set up our picnic right on the yellowstone river at a picnic table spread the cloth got everybody unloaded i'm the runner i'm unloading my wife's taking care of the girls and i come back to the trailer to get like one or two last things and here is a bison about 20 30 feet from me wow. and i'm like oh my goodness and it's going right towards our camp up or towards our picnic table and uh, so it was just crazy. It ended up bearing to the right away from our picnic table. But we watched it go right, I mean, right there, not 30, 40, 50 feet at the most from us. And then he went across the river and went on the other side. And we sat there and watched him eat uh, wow. grass. It was just, I told, my, I, I told my wife, it will be, I think, I might be wrong, but it'll be almost impossible to beat that picnic place. That was just incredible. So, yeah, we had a great time. But it, it the drive, wow, three days up and three days back. I'm I've been driving for two days. I'm tired. We had a blowout today on the trailer, got it oh, fixed no. in about yeah, but it's incredible. God had his hand on us. It just blew and Literally. I was about a mile from a tire store, pulled in. The guy was the friendliest guy. I said, Man, pull right there, we'll get you. I was gone in twenty minutes. Crazy. Wow. That's amazing. So uh yeah. It's just a good trip, but it was one of those memorable trips. You'll never forget it. But it's a hard trip. You need to I, – I would say if you're coming from Central Texas or where we're at, College Station, to Yellowstone, you probably need to allow for an extra two, maybe three days. So it would actually be a, let's see, 10, 11, 12, maybe a 12 to 13-day vacation. That's hard if you don't. So. Mm. Sounds like y'all had fun. I can we imagine did. those bison. It's a, probably a competition to see who's the most bullheaded. <laughs> Don't take my yeah. picnic spot. <laughs> that's that's kind of what happened. I got up to him. I got within. There was trees between <laughs> us, between me and him. And I was like, hey, buddy, you can't. Because I've got the curls behind me, you know, and these bison in front of me. And there's some trees. And I'm, like, getting closer to them, trying to got, let them know that this is not okay. And right. they, sure enough, they turned. I was glad they turned. 
That's fine. <laughs> so those things are just free yeah. range, like no fences. They're just they, they go anywhere, huh? I can't hear him. Very he well. said they're free range, so there's no fences. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that's something else I learned. The the bison population got down to 325 bison. Oh my! Um, and that was in like I forgot exactly. It was like early 1900s. And uh, now there's something like 25,000 across America. Wow. And a large herd, a large portion of that, half of that is in the Yellowstone Park. And That's so awesome. we saw, we saw, we saw grizzly bears, saw a couple of grizzly bears. That was cool. Thankfully, oh, we were in the truck at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah, those are huge. Now, uh, for those that are just joining, weren't here earlier on, we did ask a question. So the question for today was, and you can put this in the comment section, if you're stuck in a box for three days, what are three essentials that you must have with you? Those three things that you just have to have. So why don't you go ahead and put that in the comment section, and we're going to get started here in a few minutes. Pastor's joining us on vacation his uh, second to last day of vacation, which I don't know if you can count driving days as vacation, but people do, I guess. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's joined us. Go ahead. I just said six days of driving, and, and that's not counted in the vacation. Four yeah. days of vacation. But was it worth it? <laughs> oh, it was well worth it, by far. Amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're glad you're here. You're in Amarillo. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in Clarendon, which is Clarendon. right outside of Amarillo. Okay. Well, uh, give you one more chance, last chance. You're in a box for three days. What three things are you going to have with you? So go ahead and put that in the comments section. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Johnny's probably mm -hmm. going to have a first question, but we pr have a little bit of an issue with him, uh, Pastor, not hearing him. So, Johnny, what is it? If he can't hear you, I will relay it, mm -hmm. and hopefully the telephone game won't be too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, <laughs> we'll do what we got to do. Um, so like my, my first question for tonight for pastor, just with all the things going on, uh, in our country, in the world, uh, we know that, you know, though all this social unrest and things that are going on, we know it's just not a earthly thing, but there's really just the, the, the enemies at work. And so like, I just had some thoughts about like, what are some of the three, um, tactics that the enemy is using right now? that is trying to come against our country and trying to come against uh, the God's church? Like, what are some of the, the top things? It doesn't have to be three, but what are some of the main things that the enemy's trying to do to it? Okay. Pastor, what are the three things that, uh, or maybe more, a few things that the enemy is coming against America, coming against the church? What are some things that you're seeing uh, the enemy is at work, mm -hmm. whether that be spiritual warfare, whatever, how is that at play right now, and what are you seeing? Well, I, I think, uh, okay, if I understood you right, what, what are the three things or a handful of things, whatever it is, that is affecting the church in the world right now? Is that correct? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, first of all, we are, um, first of all, we're not in the majority anymore as far as honest Christ followers. There are people, there is a large group of people that call themselves Christians, Christ followers, but really they're they're kind of on the outer boundaries. They go to you know, they're those CEOs, uh, Christmas Easter only kind of people. Uh, and they're, they, I mean, I don't mean to be rude. I'm not trying to be rude, but I see a lot of these people. They, they cuss, they drink, they smoke, they do anything they want to do just like the world, but they not, but they call themselves a Christian. I'm, I'm not trying to, I, again, I'm not being hard. I mean, but that's, 
really to be a Christ follower is, as as we know the scriptures says, come out from among them. Don't be like the world. So that immediately eliminates a large population, a large group of the population in America. Uh, there is, we are still a significant force, but we are at this moment being disrespected, uh, especially by one of our political parties that is uh, really just anti-Christian. And I'm not trying to point fingers, but I mean, the Democratic Party is just literally, I, I did point fingers, didn't I? <laughs> but they are just so anti-Christian. I, I read their, I said I read, I read part of their um, party platform the other day, and then I read some of their results. It's, it's crazy, radical crazy, and how often they mention the non-typical family, the non-typical lifestyle, and how little they mention, you know, what the nuclear family, um, a Christian family, a God. They, I think they mentioned God one time out of, out of their entire platform. It was just, it was just, so that's the second thing. And I, I think the third thing is we are, uh, as, as a whole, Christianity as a whole is being, is starting to see what I would call persecution, not on the same level as, you know, um, Fox's book Iran. of martyrs. Right. No, nothing like that. But we're, I think we're on the cusp of seeing some true persecution, job loss, uh, you know, ostracization, if, that, if I said that properly, those kind of things, we're going to start seeing those because anytime, and, and then this is not just, um, this is in every field, medical, science, uh, professional fields, blue collar, you, you start mentioning, I, I believe in Christ or I follow Christ, and you're going to be pushed out, uh, and then you're not going to be promoted, you're not going to be um, uh, accepted into the core group, that management group. So, so I think we're going to see that. It's starting now. I, I say that only based on the news. Uh, I don't necessarily know anyone in particular that is, but I know that I've heard on AFR and a few other places where people are starting to lose their job because they're a Christian. Um, right. You know, so I think that's the three main things we're seeing. Uh, we're not Christians, Christianity, Christian, Christians as a whole aren't doomsdayers, but right. we believe the word of God. We believe in the soon coming of Christ. We believe in Armageddon. We believe in, in you know, uh, the uh, um, tribulation. And so that, that's kind of, that's kind of uh, for those mainstream science focused i say mainstream yeah that's right mainstream science-based science focused they're not they don't like us it's already started and it's going to get worse right i would agree we're seeing that now before we go too far i, I was going to ask were you actually keeping up with what all is going on in the world while you've been away or are you have you shut off to all that where are you at no i I kept up with it secretly. <laughs> <laughs> no one uh, chunked your phone I mean, over a cliff or anything, huh? No, I probably should have. But uh, and in reality, every day in the park was a no phone day. But every evening, I'd come back and catch up and try to take care of things that were going on. And, and of course, we had several major things in the church that I really right. tried my best to pay attention to. But uh, the, the during the day, from we got up early because we we're an hour ahead of them. But uh, 6 a.m. their time, 
till 6 p.m. our their time, we were um, we were no cell phones. So, but no, I did catch up with everything, and, and it is pretty radical. I, I I think I mentioned to you earlier some of the things that are going on uh, is starting to scare people. It's starting yeah. to scare people. The the riots and all of that. And it's indicated there's several indicators, if you will. Right. I don't want to take over the conversation, but this is good. Yeah. Well, on that conversation, I know early when we started Pastor Talk uh, a number of months ago, you brought up the idea of innings uh, when we realized that we're going into this process. And I think actually it was before Pastor Talk that you talked on it, you preached about it. This is just the first of many innings to come, like a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Could you please re- review for anyone that's new, what innings have we gone through already and then maybe what should we expect uh, mentally, uh, our mentality? What, what should we ex- prepare for? Yeah. And even spiritually. Well, let me, let me go back and say that the innings might not be the best way to do that, but it is, and it is, does give us a mental it's progressive. image, a picture. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's progressive. Uh, and I think, you know, in, in baseball games, sometimes you don't play your first inning like you do the ninth inning. It depends on if you're ahead or behind. Right. But uh, one thing that I did say then, this is back in March, I believe, early March into February, uh, we're going to see this hit our our nation in, as a medical problem. Then it's going to hit us as a financial problem, an employment problem, then a mental problem or issue. I shouldn't say problem, but a mental issue and an anxiety and stress. And then it's going that's going to be exhibited in, uh, you know, people murdering and abusing child abuse uh you know uh, elder abuse and, and we're abuse seeing that on and, on mm-hmm. On. Mm-hmm. and we have we've seen that now i didn't have i didn't have like a you know number six i think that was five things i didn't have a number six i just that's all i saw but i think we're going to start seeing that number six or seven play out um i i would say that's going back to that inning ideology or, or metaphor I would say that we're probably in the end of the third inning, bottom of the third, and the top of the fourth is coming. And I so say you're that saying I, this isn't going to just disappear. We're going to go back to normal soon. No, I don't think anything's going to come back to normal soon. If um, it, the, there's a lot of contingencies, that, okay, there's an election coming up. There's rioting taking place. If our government can't get a hold of the rioters, and let's just say that the the uh, President Trump doesn't win, uh, or it, in worst case scenario, is actually if we don't get a hold of the riders and he does win, it's going to get worse because right. they're just going to get they're going to go crazy. So there's a lot of ingredients, and I'm not here. I'm not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet, of course. And I, I just think that we're going to have to watch them play out. But as far as COVID goes, this is I think we're at the end, or or not the end. Let me let me think about this for a moment. I would say if we put COVID in the innings, we're probably in the sixth inning. But as far as crisis, traumatic things that are going on, we're we're still in the third or fourth sure. because there's so much on top of COVID going on. And like I said, you can see everybody and I'm not saying I'm not saying all Christians. I'm saying people in the world are starting to see there's some bad things coming and the indicators are probably more than what i'm going to mention but number one gun sales is out the roof and number two gold is 
skyrocketed and hit a new high again today. So mm-hmm. that gold is a gold is, uh, you know, it's like the toilet paper thing. It's like the toilet paper thing. When back about what three months ago, when toilet paper was rare, mm-hmm. people were doing everything they could to control to manage one at least something in their life. And they were going and buying all kinds of toilet paper. Well, now even people that are not even threatened by riots are buying guns, buying ammo because they don't know what tomorrow holds. And that's something that can give them a little bit security, a little bit of peace that they're in control. Right. Uh, gold, gold is, is a, is a currency that's been around for five, 6,000 years, whatever. And it's God's money. You can't manipulate it. And it's a default. It's an insurance policy. It's an insurance policy. So when it goes up, that means people are worried about the financial basis of our dollar denominated currency. And there are in the financial and, and we this, and I know I hate to be talking so much, but I want to I want people to understand this. There is a difference between the financial markets and the economy. Financial mm-hmm. markets is the stock market, the bond market, things like that. That can be inflated based on hope. And that's what's going on. But the economy, people are fearful. And that's what is pushing them to go to gold. And um, and then on top of that, you've got other, other large countries that are threatening our dollar dollar based um oh my mind just went blank our um my mind my, my, my mind went blank anyway it's it's basically where the world uses the dollar mm-hmm. as a trade format instead of the you know the russian ruble if you trade oil you trade it in the dollars if you mm-hmm. trade in grain you trade it in the dollars well there are russia the BRICS. uh well, Brazil's not so bad, but Britain, I mean, uh, Brazil, Russia, Iran, China, and um, I forgot the other one. Anyway, they are starting to kind of come together to create another kind of currency to be traded in. And then again, you've got uh, Bitcoin or, or eCoin, however you look at it. So there are a lot of things. So anyway, point is people are being fearful. And those things indicate their fear. Right. And I think a lot of opportunists are out there. We recently, and I can't remember the who it is, which group, but it's a global finance group. Uh, uh, something was leaked out, apparently. And their idea is to take advantage of the crisis. Uh, they're having a meeting in January, and their idea is to take advantage up to the point where they don't just go back globally to what we've been doing financially, but take advantage of it and make it more of a, um, a, a one world government of sorts and uh, how they do finance. And so make, take an opportunity to change and not just go back yeah. to what it used to be. I can see yeah. that happening. Well, the, the world is the, not all the world. And let, let's clarify this. This is very important that we need to understand this. The Chinese people are not bad. They're right. good people. Iranians are not bad. They're Chinese good people. Russians Party. are not bad. Mm-hmm. It's the Communist Party. It's the Islamic mindset. It's you know. So that is where the issue is, and the people that run those parties are number one jealous of America, our success, our, our how quick mm-hmm. we've come to success. Three hundred years, and we're you know the best top economy in the world. 
they they're they don't like their people being tempted by the freedoms and the liberties that we have mm -hmm. and so they have to control their internet a lot of things there but yeah you're you're exactly right they're they don't want to waste this crisis yeah now uh back and I mean, if you have any questions that come up you have yeah any? well like I, I might put a question here you might have to translate to pastor if you can't hear me i'll be your translator um, yeah so like a, a lot of these topics that pastors are bringing up are very good and they're kind of they're kind of the the broad big picture you know the economy mm -hmm. the uh the riots you know like right. we really necessarily haven't had any riots here in college station um but all these these, these big ideas but for for the everyday christian what are yes. some day-to-day -day things that we need to do uh what are the battles that we need to win just here in college station right with all this going on what, what are the things that we need to do on a daily basis to, to win i like that and well this is something that was actually came up in our comments section by angie Krager. she said what are the three things we can do for this inning that uh, I think mm -hmm. I would say that's something similar to good. what you're asking. Mm -hmm. What is an actionable? What are some actionable steps we can take where we're at? We're in College Station. We're not looking at riots necessarily. We're we're not looking at some of the global issues right away. But what can we do? Something actionable uh, for this time that we're in. I know. And let me put this in context. Back in February, you warned the church and you said, "Hey, we need to probably." get our things together uh it looks like we're about to hit pretty hard uh you might need to go get <laughs> your toilet paper your <laughs> uh, basic necessities if you're stuck in your home for a couple of months make sure you make it comfortable that was mid to late february uh this idea didn't get around till mid-march and everyone thought you were crazy for a couple of weeks <laughs> but in this inning that we're in, what's actionable, both, I would say, spiritually and um, just um, practically? That's good. Oh, wait. Uh, practical things. I, and literally, this is very practical things. Number one, I would get very tightly involved, connected into the church. And I only say that yeah. because the church is a, uh, it's a, number one, it's a beautiful organization. But it's a it's a there's a special thing about the church. We all go by the same playbook. We all believe the same thing ethically, morally. We Common treat values. each other properly. Uh, what'd you say? Common values. Right. We've got common values and we're a great tribe, if you want to call it that. Number two, um, I, I really believe that you now I'm talking non spiritually. This is just practical things. Number two. You could you it would be good for you to buy some silver if you can afford it some gold it's probably going to keep going it's right now uh, the last I looked earlier today was 1945 an ounce obviously uh, you can't hard very few can afford to go drop two thousand dollars on an ounce of gold but uh, silver is its baby sister and it's running about twenty five dollars an ounce and you can buy you know a, a silver a silver one ounce silver for because there's a premium you can buy it probably for $30. So things that kind of back up, gives you a backup system. And let me give you an example of something that happened today. And I'm talking about hard currency, silver, gold. Today, we all saw it happen. Those doctors got on uh, basically yeah. social media, proclaimed what they wanted to proclaim, First Amendment rights, say what they want to say. It didn't matter if they was right or wrong. But within, I don't know how many hours, four or five hours, Social media just, just took it all down. 
And my opinion is if they can control what is on the internet, they can control your money. Yes. I mean, a, a touch of a, of a button and your mind. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. they can touch your button and you can be in poverty in, a, in, a, in an hour. You'll be in poverty. So I think backing up, having a backup plan for your financial or your, your, you know, your financial future, silver is, like I said, $30 an ounce gold. And I'm talking about what it costs you to buy it, $2,000 an ounce. Uh, but I believe that gold is going to probably, and it's just me, okay, I'm no predictor, but I'm saying what I believe, gold will probably get up to about 3000 an ounce, and silver will probably get up to about $50 an ounce. And it might not happen tomorrow. In fact, it probably won't happen tomorrow. It might not happen in a year, but I believe that's coming. Um, it always, gold and silver always holds its value. So tightly connected to church, silver, gold, and I think really uh, – things that will help you survive concerning you know a home i'm talking to there's johnny garish over there living in the travel trailer anyway <laughs> but but a home with uh with using to the best of your ability the resources you have the yard can become a garden you know mm -hmm. you need to know you have tools but th this that's the beauty that's the beauty of the church if you don't have something all you got to do is ask and we help you know yeah. Uh, that's just, that's so, so there's a lot of people. I know there's, there's several men in the church. And if I said, Hey, I, I would need to get this welded, man, they do what they can to help me weld yeah. something. And I'm the same way. They ask me a question. I try to do the same thing. So, but, uh, tools, garden, uh, you know, reliable vehicles, things that will endure the next. And this is if the Lord don't come and if everything stays on track, um, I said when, when Trump got elected, we've got a four-year reprieve, four years of grace from God that the, the church will, will be okay for four years. But uh, And if he gets elected again, we'll have four more years. But after that, I think we're going to have to be very, very mindful of the times and prepared. And I would say even if he does get elected, I think so many people have made their minds – to the point where they're not going back. They've already made their choices to defy the, the bodies that be, um, yes. terrorized, all, all these issues. And I don't know if we're going to be able to fix it with policy and that kind of thing. I think, it, right. obviously, I, I believe it's a spiritual matter. and It absolutely is. Right. And so I don't, I don't know if it matters so much who gets elected. I, think, I feel like the, the ball is rolling downhill at this point. Who knows? I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Anything you have? Nope. Not. That was. I think. Uh, let me throw this in there. I said this back a couple of months ago. If you're gonna go buy a pair of shoes, buy the best you can buy. And I'm not right. saying go buy extravagant. I'm saying solid, built well. If you're gonna buy a vehicle, buy the best one you can buy. That's solid. It's gonna last you because that's that's kind of the Again, if all these things culminate in a bad place, and and it and it very it's very possible it could, then you might not have the resources, their ability, or even the credit to buy what you want to buy later. Right, I agree. Now, as a pastor, you we've gone through COVID time for what has it been six months, seven months now, uh, quite a while, and uh, we we've seen casualties spiritual casualties of covid 
we've obviously seen physical casualties, but spiritual is something that we can work with where we're at. Here in College Station, we, we can do certain things as, as individuals to make sure that we will not be a casualty of isolation, a casualty of just chaos. You fill in the blank because this is stuff that's hitting us, and it's not in the most perfect situation. We're used to world being very predictable, very um, planned out already. Our, our weeks have been put together for the mm-hmm. month. And mm-hmm. right now we're dealing with just a time that we have to roll with whatever comes at us, roll with the punches. And so what can we do to be spiritually resilient? And maybe what are some signs of those that have fallen prey to isolation, uh, spiritual uh, ailments, basically. Wow. <laughs> I know that's a lot. I, I, yeah, well, no, it, it's I, just that I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to say something and people will be offended. But I really think that, um, okay, if you have to be in isolation because of a health issue or whatever, that's different. But if you're choosing to be in isolation because you uh, are afraid or are, um, I'm going to say lazy, or just can get by without going to church. I think you, you, you're you missing, number one, you're missing out the the reason for you going to church. Uh, in the past, as you mentioned, there's been these norms that have been out there, and people have just, well, this is the way it always is. The church is for me. Well, the church isn't just, that's that's always been a lie. It's never been the truth. Yeah. The church isn't just for me. The church is about others, and I'm there to encourage, to strengthen, to bless, uh, to pray for. I'm there to sacrifice for others to make sure that they have what what I have, you know. And so, number one, you, you've got to get up. If you can't, and I'm not saying throw all caution to the wind. We at, at the church, and I'm and I, I'm I'm being very cautious. I'm trying to be. At the church, we wear masks. We, I mean, we open the the the, the uh, interior, or excuse me, the exterior doors at the sanctuary. We open them for airflow. We make sure that we wash everything down before. Uh, I mean, everything gets washed down. The bathroom, the door handles, the the door pulls on the interior doors. Everything gets cleaned up. We have it's almost a no hands policy. You can just about walk in the church and not touch anything almost. So we have all these safeguards. And if you're fearful still, I just think that I think at this point, this is one of those uh, proving grounds of endurance, you know, of, of, of faithfulness. These are this is one of those things that we're OK. I'm either going to have to I'm either going to have to um, up my game and get involved, get connected, be, be something to somebody else. I, I know I won't say the other or, but anyway, uh, the other side of that is not good. But, but I think that's that's primarily on a spiritual level. You, we need the body. Everybody yeah. needs the body. And I and I say this: Jesus didn't use that example of the body, the fingers, the ears, the nose, and all that stuff. Willy nilly. I mean, he he knew what he was saying. This right. finger is important to this body, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Uh, if it's disconnected, it dies. And that's where that's that's that spiritual disconnect that is taking place right now. At the same time, what we're seeing, and I think y'all have seen this lately, there's a lot of people that 
weren't coming to church, didn't even want to come to church, didn't have church wasn't on their radar. And all of a sudden they're saying, I'm coming to church and they're coming back in droves. Yeah. And so the church isn't hurting. We're not hurting numerically and we're not hurting spiritually, but we're hurting in our soul because I know so many people that mm -hmm. because things aren't the way they want them to go. In other words, I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm being over, over the top with this, you know, bless God. I'm not going to go to church on the internet. I have Bible studies to be in, you know, right there sitting in my chair that you're, you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself if you don't change your mind and get, get where the church is now, because that's, that's where the, that's where we're at. Right. I agree. And, and many times that's a hard pill to swallow, especially when you, we've been drawn to the traditional methods. We've, mm -hmm. we've put ourselves in that, that box. Um, Maybe not for three days, but for a long time. Right, and I think if you look back to the church in the Bible, right in the book of Acts and beyond, uh, they had to learn to adapt really quickly because yeah. it wasn't but a few years, and they were suppressed. I mean, their homes were being busted in and being drugged away from each other to where obviously they had to pick up, they had to move, they had to go to places they didn't know, they had to go, right. they had to be able to adjust really quickly. And I think because they were so on fire for God, walk with God, um, in the spirit that they they had him wherever they went, and we're gonna have to learn how to adjust it in that way. Where like, if right. schools don't come back, if you know we don't have exactly what we want in the grocery store, or and if even all these bigger things, you know, if COVID and and just you know maybe a party gets That's in that right. we don't like, you know, in the government, uh -huh. if all these things happen, we we've got to learn to still walk with God and adjust and be resilient right. um, you know, with his you help. You have to. That's right. So you have hey, to. Let me, let, me, let me tell you a quick uh, topic. My wife and I were talking. We were driving down the road the other day, yesterday I think it was. The Jewish people would not be, would not be anything today. There would not be any Jewish nation, no, no Israel, if when they were scattered throughout all the world, they just gave up. But what they did, and they intentionally did this, they built in some safeguards. And I'm, I'm not going to have all the right terminology, but they built in some safeguards to protect the Jewish community everywhere in the world. And the um, my mind just went blank again. Oh, my goodness, I didn't have my second cup of coffee today. The What we call the church, whatever they call it, I forgot. The church, for them, they had to have 10 men that created a church that mm -hmm. gave them accountability that gave their children people other people in the jewish faith to, to marry they all had a part of the torah i mean if if not the whole thing they had a part of it and they read that faithfully so there were certain things that they built into even though they were scattered and everything was turned upside down they survived it and after what uh almost two thousand years in 1947, they came back together and formed a country because they stuck with what they knew worked and what mattered. They had some foundational properties, mm -hmm. so whether the the Torah, the books they read. I I, I think of the the old saying: "You're a summation of the people you know, the places you go, and the books you read." Right. And that seems right. to be the same thing. God will send you places, but it's, it's who you surround yourself with and the book you stand on, and and yep. that's what defines you that's i like that that's very good it's true 
very yeah. applicable today. Well, speaking of that, let's, let's talk about some um, maybe modern books. We, we've talked about places, you know, you need, we need to be closer to the church, we need to come to church, uh, we need to be the church, all that, mm-hmm. uh, who, who we surround ourselves with. But what about some books? I know this is a question I'm throwing on you, and you probably don't have your iPad handy uh, with Audible and all your, your um, is it Kindle? Uh, what are some books that you would recommend every Christian, outside of the Bible, of course, or maybe some books in the Bible, that's something we can add in. What are some foundational books, some things that really solidify a Christian walk? Johnny, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? <laughs> I threw this in yeah. there. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I can. As he was talking, I, mean, I was thinking of Proverbs in the Bible, such a applicable book that in the Bible specifically, where you can just go for your basic day to day knowledge. You know, yeah. business, find a wife, uh, money, um, all that. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff is just so much amazing knowledge that uh, it's, it's so applicable for day to day. And uh, so I would encourage everybody, even wherever they're at, if they're reading their Bible through, uh, I've encouraged somebody this past week, man, get on the 31-day, one-proverb-a-day month plan and just get in there and, and, and soak some of that up. So that's just one thing that I'd encourage everybody yeah. to do. I, uh, for some reason, I could hear him a while ago, but now I can't. So let me, oh, let me no. go ahead and just answer. Uh, he, I see his mouth moving. That's all I can see. <laughs> um, I think one thing that helped me as a young man trying to live for christ and trying to stay build foundations and really if, if and i think we could look at our home like that where do we start foundationally obviously you said not including the bible but i would i would recommend everybody read the bible several times through before they worry about yes. you know somebody else's opinion of the bible mm-hmm. but um what i ended up doing and these are not these are not novels these are just avenues of study to solidify my faith ralph v reynolds has a book and i forgot um uh something about i forgot what it says anyway ralph v reynolds he's got a book and it's just basically every topic you can imagine with all the scripture that backs that topic up i mean it might be angels it might be money it might be uh it might mean you know the church all this stuff that was just a good book for me as a young man uh, but as I got older, of course, living for God longer, I, I, I really enjoy, I'm, I, my, I've matured, so I've gotten some of, some, I must qualify this, some of David Bernard's books are very good. His his book on holiness is excellent. Uh, Practical, Practical holiness. holiness. I think it's, mm-hmm. yeah, excellent book. History of the Church, excellent book. Um, I mean, top notch. So those are good books. Now lately, I'm I'm reading a book right now, and it's just a it's just a casual book that I brought with me on vacation because I love I love history, and I love to understand what other people go through and what they believe and why. And I'm talking about the Jewish people mainly, but I'm reading a book now. It's called The Boy Who Fathered His Excuse Me, The Boy Who Followed His Father Into Auschwitz. Mm. which is a concentration camp. And I'm only in like chapter two, but still, <laughs> it's, I've, got, I've got a three-year-old and eight-month-old here. So, I mean, my reading was very limited, but that's a good book. I think even that kind of reading can open your eyes to 
persecution to biases, prejudice. It can open your eyes on a lot of things that really kind of prepare you for the future. Hope that helps. Yeah, I think so. And I really believe that we're molded by what we're reading, what we're surrounding ourselves with, oh, yeah. and, and places we go. I, I feel sorry for those that um, neglected those things in their lives, not not being able to travel or not be able to get out and go places and uh, surround themselves with the right people. But yeah. Did you have anything? You look like you wanted to say something. No. I just <laughs> took my – I looked down and saw a grass burr in my sandal, and I'm not my sandal, but my crock. <laughs> <laughs> and I picked it up, and then I realized I was on the camera. I'm like, oh, <laughs> At least you didn't <laughs> smell it. <laughs> I think Steve Emmert uh, posted something about a croc in the comment section earlier, so don't feel bad. Maybe that was part of it. <laughs> oh, me. Well, I- I'm glad that you had fun on vacation. These are interesting times. Uh recently it's just crazy to see these doctors being censored and uh, that seems to be the news of the day mm-hmm. as of posting yesterday deleted by this morning early mm-hmm. and now they came back out again uh to basically stand up against this and i believe that was taken down so we're going to see what happens uh, mm-hmm. i know this is a video that was shared by the president by his son by different ones and to me, the question that comes to mind is, is it right or is it even legal in any way to censor what the President of the United States says? By him sharing that video, that could have been just as equal to a proclamation to the United States. Mm-hmm. Do they, does Twitter, Facebook, etc., have the authority to censor what the president has to say to the American people. Well, you know, there's a big we, conflict okay. in Google, Twitter. Um, I'm trying to think of base. I mean, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all there, all these social media things are going through a major, uh, political, I'm going to call it political conflict right now. And yes. I, I want to hear, actually, I want to hear what, Johnny has to say about this, but they can't figure out if they're a member of the press, right? Publisher, private corporation, or uh-huh. public corporation. Right. It's not right. I'm, that's just my opinion. Right. If they're a publisher, they have the right to censor. Mm-hmm. But if they're right. just going to be a, what's a platform, the term? platform, mm-hmm. then it needs to be free speech. Needs to be open. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts on that? Right, no, that I've I've heard that. Me and my one of my friends talked about that a month or so ago, just about these guys. And in fact, I want to say I saw an article today just come across where uh, four of the bit top tech CEOs are about to appear before Congress. Yes, uh, and yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But still, yes, it, it's it's going to come to that because obviously all of these, you know, Google, uh, Facebook, you know, some of the most expensive, most most um, wealthiest worth the most companies in the world uh in one respect they're using you know advertisement they're they're tapped in you know for as much liberty as we give them uh, they're using all this information generating it and at what level yes do do they have the right to feed you so much information or take your information share it uh, and and funnel ex- just what they want you to see or not see um and right. so yeah it's going to come i think it's going to come down to 
you know, are there going to be laws about that put out, you know, where in the next year or two, and that even comes down to how the elections play out, whether or not, uh, I mean, if more conservative party stays in, uh, are there going to be laws that are put in place to censor some of these what you might say are more left-wing uh, companies that are pushing mm-hmm. that that side of an agenda. I mean, that's going to come down to that. Are the laws going to allow them to do what they want to do, or are they going to actually reel these guys in? So Right. And I would say we're also in a moral quandary where these people are doing um, business with, with countries like China, and so they're getting their products built there, or they're trading their information with China. Um, and China is not known for the most humanitarian efforts. We see the Weigers, we see how they treat their population, and, and it's just pretty crazy how communism treats people as numbers rather than individuals. And so we're going to see that played out. And I think one of the big players in the game of discovering um, bias, discovering truth, that kind of thing, is uh, Project Veritas. Uh, big undercover yeah. organi- organization. They go in, they get videos of, in Facebook, Twitter, CNN, all these companies, because they show us one thing. They show us the facade. They, they tell us they're unbiased, or they tell us that, well, uh, we, we, have, we, we, don't, we don't censor according to your, um, your I was going to say denomination, but your uh, party affiliation. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is it seems like they are. We're getting videos, we're getting hints, and we're getting all these things. They're, they, while they tell us one thing, the reality is something else. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, these guys come out before Congress soon and uh, get questioned. Hopefully you know, it's more uh, than just a show. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was thinking here about two years ago or three years ago, four years ago, something like that, Rush Limbaugh, let's just think about him for a minute. He's on FM or excuse me, AM radio. Most like I think it's like sixteen hundred nation, sixteen hundred stations across the nation. And I used to think, man, why don't he have a Facebook page? Why don't he have a, um, you know, a Twitter account? Because I would love to hear from him in other places. I think the dude is smarter than most of us. Mm-hmm. He realized that when he speaks over the radio, they're not going to stop him. Right. But if he puts it on Twitter, he puts it on Facebook, they can stop him in a heartbeat. Right. And. It's just incredible that we have allowed ourselves to get to the point to where, and I read this a couple of days ago, uh, eight of the top ten companies in the world are American, and seven of those are high-tech or tech companies. Right. Walmart was number ten, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, Amazon, by the way, I'm, I'm just personal just personal opinion, I'm getting to the point where I don't even want to buy from them. They don't really help our communities. They don't, I mean, they 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 have as many servers, almost as many servers as Google does. They control as much of the traffic and as much of what we believe as Google does. Right. So there's a lot of things that I'm kind of contemplating. Not sure it's beneficial yet or not, but I really do think that uh, a lot of these high-tech companies are manipulating our minds. There's always been, there will always be deception. Financial markets, political markets, or political uh, arena. But now we're seeing it in what we call the news, Facebook. Now mm-hmm. we're seeing it in our medicine. Look at what's going on in our medicine. Like you said, put that video up, and then they took it down. That deception yeah. has now 
didn't fit the narrative. Kind of migrated into every part of our lives. Right. And that's why it's very, 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 very important to know your word because yes. they'll deceive you on that too. Oh, yeah. So we're in for challenging times. You talked about innings. I, I think uh, we're just beginning. We, we can't be deceived to think that this is just going to go away or just because a sickness goes away that chaos won't. So that's right. something that I think we need to be looking forward to in preparation. And uh, obviously, we're not going to know. Here's the, the list, the packing list, the things that we need to do before this happens or that happens. Uh, main thing is we've got to be ready spiritually. And uh, then we also, I would say after that, is be able to maintain our relationships with our families and our church. And there's, there's a succession of, of things that we can do, priorities. Uh, are there any priorities that you can think of that um, have been lost in the past, maybe that we need to renew? Say it one more time. Any priorities, things that, that may have been lost uh, in history? that maybe we need to renew as we look forward to more, even a more chaotic time. Okay. I couldn't quite tell what you were saying. Um, is there anything we can learn from history for the future? Is that basically sure. what you're saying? Okay. <laughs> you're laughing, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's not what you said. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, not the 60s, the, the, the hippie revolution, whatever, those people were the students back then. Now they're the lawmakers and the professors. Right. In the 60s. Uh, they used to be the rebels, and now they've surrounded themselves by others that they have multiplied themselves. And I think that looking at that history, we know that uh, this work, well, look at, looking at the Bible, we know this world is not going to get better. But looking at what they are progressively doing to our nation, I think um, it is it is right for right now to love America, to be willing to die for your freedoms and your liberties. But there could be a day, Lord tarries, and he doesn't come back, that uh, you might have to be more of a Christian than you are anything else. I mean, I said you might. You will be more of a Christian mm -hmm. than anything else, but you, you might only be a Christian and not even an American. Right. It's scary because there are people it's right now that are actively trying to demolish our nation to nothing. Take, right. Build from the ashes is what they say. Uh, that's their goal. And there are people that have predicted that this period is actually, from what I read, is, is a five-year period. And at the end of those five years, this is just a prediction some guy wrote a book, said that this could happen. Uh, five years, he's thinking they're going to, rather than building it, they're just going to recreate something new, and it will likely look nothing like what we've seen in the past. So, interesting times. Well, you know, uh, you and I were talking about it the other day, and we watched a video, and I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, cycles and seasons and uh, the, the, the uh, flows of demographics and uh, generations, right? You know, we have the the you know the quote unquote greatest generation, baby boomers, um, and then my generation, which I forget what we're called. I forgot, but anyway, then you go to the millennials, and now you're getting into this new uh, what it, what some people call it the IGN, the Internet generation, and this is really 
it, their, their, their knowledge is based on the Internet. I mean, their social life is based on the Internet. Right. Their news is based on the Internet. They don't even have wisdom outside the Internet. And that's what we're going into. I think anybody with a brain should see that that's not going to end well. Right. They're fed what to think. Mm -hmm. Everything. Their whole psyche is built off of the Internet influence. The influence right. of, of, of certain people who are famous and they got right. popular because of certain things that are inflammatory and they're they're viral videos, viral videos. <laughs> there are people that will only post things that will get shared mm -hmm. and that could be a positive thing, could be a negative thing, right. but it could never be just a normal situation. They only post the extreme. So all these kids that are mm -hmm. watching thinking, oh, well, that's normal. To the point where, right. like you said, the nuclear family no longer exists because everyone's going for this extreme measure, extreme uh, posts. Mm -hmm. And so they're addicted right. to those things. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that started back in the, I don't know, I'm going to say the 90s. and I can't remember the name of the, the, the actors and all that and the cartoons. There's a cartoon about a family that the young boy was just like totally disrespectful. And I can't remember the name of the cartoon. Mm. Um, probably a lot Beavis of them. And, yeah, Beavis and whatever his name is. Yeah, man, they were filthy. They were probably vulgar, Family Guy. Very radical. Yeah. Terrible. They just Simpsons. They implant this into mm -hmm. these children, and they began, like I said, they begin to think it's normal. Right, and so many people were deceived. Oh yeah, they don't know what right and wrong. The difference between right and wrong. They don't know what truth is, and truth to them is always dependent. Upon your experience, it's mm -hmm. not there's there is no solid truth to stand on, and that's the world that we're living in. The the, the the you your truth is yours, my truth is mine, and let's just move on from there. Right. And so without that, your whole world is flawed. Uh, well, yeah, we're in a Wikipedia internet world where that's yeah that's the that's where they get their information from, and anybody can get on and modify Wikipedia. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, because yeah, our generation, you know, the iPhones came out in 07, and with YouTube coming out just a few years before that, you know, we can remember the first viral videos that first started coming out on, on YouTube. But yeah, since then, it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's YouTube, it's Facebook. Uh, I mean, those are those, you know, just that one or two other sites, TikTok, you know, whatever it was the latest app, Fortnite. I mean, that's where all this next generation is spending their time. That's, that's where they're dwelling, you know, in the virtual reality world. And so it's we've got to learn to help divert these people's attention to God's word mm -hmm. in this next coming generation. How can how can we, uh, you know, maybe even that's right, like right now we're we're online uh, giving information out so that people can get connected to you know, truth and you know the right way of living. On Facebook, and I would say this: this is something that we we can complain about. We can sit here and talk about all oh, this generation, this or that, and uh, <laughs> they've got issues, yeah. they've got problems. We can point the finger because we all do that. Every generation mm -hmm. points to the to the next one because they're the ones with the real issues. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the greatest thing that I believe we can do, and I know we're not that old, mm -hmm. but the greatest thing that we can do outside of just talking about them is talking to them. And I know that takes time, and that takes effort, and it takes something mm -hmm. out of us, but being a mentor, wow. Could you imagine there being an ever, ever being a better time to mentor a young man, a young woman? 
It's tough. Mm-hmm. But now, more than ever, is a time for men and women who have their head on their shoulders to invest time into this generation that's so flawed. So just something to think about. Pastor, anything you want to add to that? Well, I can't hear a thing y'all are saying. I just heard you say, (laughs) Pastor. Just smile and wave. (laughs) I am am so sorry. It's okay. I I would say this. I would say this, and I'm I'm probably totally off topic, but Pastor Tom, was intended to be basically practical Christian living. Right. And as these things unfold before us, we've got to realize it's not all going to be spiritual. It's going to be some practical things that we're going to have to choose to stand up for and to stand up to and against and all that kind of thing. I'm at the point now to where I'm looking. It's like my my pastor growing up, O.W. Williams used to say, Live like today's your last day on earth, but plan like you're going to be here for another hundred years. Right. And when we began to do that, we see there's some things that we can do practically, but the most important thing is spiritual. Yes. And and if if you heard me say all that, I think I've probably said enough, and you two guys need to take it over. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> you did great. You did great. No, I agree. We There are things we can do. And there's a spiritual aspect that mm-hmm. must be number one priority. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're at the end of this show. It's 8.57. Is there anything that you'd like to add that, that maybe in this show tonight, um, that you, something you thought about or maybe a thought that you'd like to leave anybody with? I, mean, I would just say let's, let's stick in the Word of God. Like pastors yeah. hit it so many times, and I know we've talked about it. Uh, if there's any time that we would need to be well fluent in the Word of God, it's now so that we can know the counterfeit from the truth. Right. Uh, because it's, you know, thy word is truth. and Sanctify them through truth. Thy word is truth. I mean, if we're going to be cleansed, if we're going to be led, anything, uh, it's going to be through the word of God. So we need to get yes. back in it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. This has been episode number 15 of Pastor Talk. We do this every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. And so we have our usuals that log on, join in. So 8 o'clock next Tuesday, join us again. Uh, Lord willing, Pastor will actually be here. Maybe we could uh, include some guests such as yourself and maybe some other pastors because I know last week we brought in uh, Pastor... Oh, my goodness. Price. 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 There we go. It slipped my mind. Uh, We were glad to have him, so we're going to try to keep it interesting. If you have any questions, any thoughts that you want us to talk about or uh, just bring up in conversation, why don't you go ahead and send that to us in the Messenger comments section, and we'd love to talk about it next week or week after that. Who never knows? We'll see. But we love you. We thank you for watching, and we hope to see you next week, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, and God bless you.